This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Love it, love it, love it. Thursday night, we are hanging and banging with uh, my buddy Carmine. Vinny is on the road again today. Uh, I'm Ron Onesti, and I am so thankful that you have joining us each week here. This is our, uh, what is it, like our 83rd episode. It's hard for to separate. It's our second season. But 83 times uh, plus, actually, with reruns, we've been on uh, every Thursday night. And you guys have been great and supportive. But tonight, we are going to touch on that juicy saucy blues that we haven't really talked a whole lot about on this show and uh recently i just had buddy guy kenny wayne shepherd i love that stuff we said why not put together a show uh with that and we've got uh, a couple of great blues legends guitar crazy people and i'm looking forward to talking to them albert cummings and also dana fuchs but right now let me bring my big brother all of our big brothers the legendary carmine apiece to the microphone carmine And I got a microphone here. So what is that? A nineteen freaking sixty-eight? That uh... That's just an AKG. I use. I was using it for vocals, but I put it here, and I actually use it for a left ambience mic on the drums when I record. I'll tell you what. You know what? I, I getting with you guys and talking to these drummers. You know, learning on how complex the drum part of things is. Yeah, I'll let you hear. This looks somewhat like that. Oh, somebody just we'll said just they you. love your outfit. I'm gonna have to do that next week. Well. Next so, week, I'll be in Disney World. I can't do it next week. Oh, wear your ears next week. Two weeks. Two weeks, I'll be I'll be in Disney World doing this somewhere. But in two weeks, I'm going to wear my black sparkle jacket and my black. my sparkle shirt, my black sparkle shirt. Well, I'm Prepared wearing Prepare in two weeks right? to wear something cool. I wear something cool all the time. Today, I am, we're doing, look at the skulls on this. That's this really is because nice. I'm doing a Mardi Gras kind of a nice. thing. I was telling you earlier, it's either a Mardi Gras thing or a, a Liberace impersonation. But, yeah, uh, that's but, good. Uh, <laughs> I like the Liberace impersonation. Uh, all I'm wearing, I'm wearing this 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 here stone that I bought in St. Martin. All these stones I'm wearing, this one, that one, this Look one. You. They're like turquoise stones. And this one I bought in St. Martin. Beautiful. It's like an arrowhead. It's a really pretty stone. I like that stuff. I like turquoise, turquoise. I notice. But I next turquoise. two weeks, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you. All right. Well let's let's Vinny have be, a, Vinny will be wearing his t-shirt. Let's do a here. we'll do a jacket off, a jack off or jacket off. <laughs> I mean a jacket. I mean <laughs> jacket off. There you go. All right. Hey, you know, we get this is this is incredible comedy. However, I think we should bring to the microphone our special guest tonight. Um, yeah. Very, very excited. I've been a huge fan for a long time, this guy. I'm telling you, you, you talk Stevie Ray Vaughan, you talk Jimi Hendrix, you talk these kind of guys, 
Albert Cummings comes into the conversation. Let's have him come into our show. Welcome, blues man extraordinary, Albert Cummings. Hey, buddy. Hey, dude. Hey, everybody. Hi, Carmine Ron. Hey, man. Well, first of all, we have to talk about the gas pump behind you. Yeah. I know we talked about it, but uh, you got to tell the people what that is. Yes. That's well, so it's cool. not really a gas pump, even though it looks like a gas pump. So it's a guitar case. So like you put your guitar in there and it lights up and uh, There's a light up you now can pretend you that you've got gas in there. And, you know, yeah. it says Fender on top. Now? Is there a guitar? <laughs> yeah, of course it now? says Fender. Is there any other brand? That's right. None. Hey, so None. what What? What Fender uh, model uh, got the honor to be in the, in the case? Case. Hold on, let me give you a roll. Hold on, I need a roll for that one. Okay, what is it? There's nothing in there. It's empty. Oh, no, what a disappointment. So I, I could go get one and put it in there, but... No, 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 it has yeah, to earn its... It's, it's kind of empty. Well, it, my primary guitar was in there for a while, but I had to take it over. It's getting a new neck today. I wore out... It's getting its third neck. Wow. I wear, I wear out guitar necks. You should sell them. Well, eBay. the first one sell is in the Fender. It's a sell them at your merch table when you wear yep. them out. People would love <laughs> Guitar that. Guitar next. Yeah. Well, let me I mean, ask. I, I just I, I just got a new merch website, CarmineMerch.com. Oh, really? And we got you know new new T-shirt. I got a kudo, a really beautiful design for a new T-shirt with my old logo. But you know, I sold drumsticks that I played on that are destroyed. I used to break them and throw them away. And uh, people said, man, we'd love to buy those. I said, okay, we put them on there. I had four pairs. They sold out in like four minutes. Nice. I said, wow. So my, my person's running it. said, don't throw any drumsticks away anymore. Yeah, well, you should just go buy like used drumsticks and just put them out there, right? Just, <laughs> well, just play one just all day long. I can't, this is Carmine. I can't. This whole thing I do stick. is hit, hit the see, drums a couple of times with them and they're yours. Yeah, but you say I can't do that because it's my own stick. You see, there's my logo on it. Still. Uh, it. No, Carmine, right here. You're going to have so to get right a magic now, marker. Yeah, so I have to bang it. This one's getting beat up pretty good in the other pair. So I'm going to, little by little, I'm going to get some more. When I go on the road, it makes it easy to break. But Carmine, sports. let me let yes. me help you with this, okay? okay? We get, like, for example, Brett Michaels comes, you know, comes by us from Poison. And he will, every other song, change his hat. Change his hat. At the end of the show, he's got 12 hats he's selling to these girls. It's crazy. So here's what I want you to do. Every day for an hour, play the drums with 10 different pair. Just play them. Yeah. Now you got 10 pair of used sticks. You're welcome. I will, I will do that. You're welcome. Okay, thank you. And let me yeah, just I'll, say. I'll save them when we play the show there. Next, uh, whenever it is. In the I'm excited to have you, man. But let me yeah. say, with Albert Cummings, one of yeah. the greatest blues guitarists in history. But I'm going to say you got one accolade it, uh, uh, higher. You're talking, I, about, still, wait, you're talking about me? Yeah, I'm talking about you. But <laughs> you, there's one accolade, accolade higher than your guitarisms. You've yeah. got a freaking million-dollar smile. <laughs> All right. Look All at right. this guy. Yeah, Come yeah. on, it's you got a happy smile. Said, how many? Let me ask Where do I get the million dollars? <laughs> let me ask you a question. How many blues? Let me ask you a question. How many blues guys got a good smile? Not a whole lot. I, I don't know. I mean, you, I mean, you, got, you, got, you got all your teeth. My. There's a start. <laughs> <laughs> Although a start. Buddy Guy has got a great smile. Yeah, he does. Buddy's got yeah. a great smile. Yeah, that's cool. So tell well, me about um about your new album, man. It's really really cool, man. I tell you what, very excited about it. Well, it's the biggest thing I've ever had in my life, really. I mean, I could talk about it all night. I'm I'm like more excited about this record than I've ever been on anything. It comes out a week from tomorrow, April, April eighth, yeah, and uh, it's called Ten because it's my tenth album, and I but I think it's. 10 times better than all my other nine to put together. And, wow. and oh, cool. the list of players and people that are on it are phenomenal. I mean, who's on know, it? I'm, I'm Vince so, Gill. Vince Gill's on it. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, Chuck Ainley was the producer. Uh, he's from Nashville and okay. <clears throat> he's done 
everybody from the original Dire Straits to all the Mark Knopfler's to all the all the George Strait stuff, Miranda Labert, Dolly Reba, Big and Rich, Vince Gill, on and on and on and on and on and on. And, and uh, Chuck is just incredible. And the whole record really has a sound that, that comes from Chuck. I mean, he was a big part of the band. And uh, on bass is a guy named Glenn Wharf. I don't know if you if you know these people, Carmine. Like uh, I don't know he, that name. Well, he's he's these are all first call players. Like Vince Gill told me, and you got the best players in Nashville on this record. I'm like, yeah. well, yeah, that's probably why I don't know him because I didn't I didn't know many people in Nashville. How about you? Must you must know Greg people. Morrow, Carmine? Uh, you know Greg Morrow? I don't know Greg Morrow. No. So Greg's like the guy they use on all those Easy Top records, or yeah. or like. Uh, I mean, Greg's on every album yeah. you could ever imagine. He doesn't even know how many albums he's what been does on. He, what does he play? Drums? Drums. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, like, uh, Mike. I don't know session guys from uh, from Nashville. Well, how yeah. did you land in, I mean, a blues guy, I would think, you know, I know you got some Muscle, muscle Shoals connections there we'll talk about, but uh, how did the, how did the, the uh, how did you land in Nashville as opposed to like, you know, down south in Alabama or something, if you're really trying to get that blues sound? Well, I'm not really trying to get a blues sound. I'm trying to get the Albert sound, man. I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm known in the blues world probably more than any other world, but I, I started out playing five-string banjo. I'm a little country kid, you know. As a 12-year-old. Yeah, as a 12-year-old. And, <laughs> where and, where uh, are you from originally? Massachusetts. Right. Yeah. How does a Massachusetts guy get into blues? Yeah, how do you get banjo from Massachusetts? Hold well, on. I say I always say it's like a it's a it's a state of mind where I'm from. It's not a type of music, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But blues makes me feel good. That's why I smile all the time. That's that's you know. But, but you played but, with Johnny Winter, right? Yeah, I toured a lot with Johnny Winter. Yeah, what what Johnny years is, uh, did you play with Johnny? About. Man, I, I uh, I'm gonna guess. I don't know how long has he been dead. I, I probably about maybe three, four years before he died. He was out, uh, and I toured a lot with him back then. Yes, I don't used remember. To play the a lot. We played a lot of shows with him with Cactus and Johnny nice. Winter, and that had Rick Derringer, and uh, yeah. it was it was a lot of fun. And actually, Edgar used to play with him at times too. Before, nice. Before so Edgar how would died. you guys say? I mean, I've had my own experiences a lot with the the Frankenstein himself, you know, with Edgar, yeah. and uh, and I know Edgar, and one of the and you know Edgar. You're the sweetest guys in rock and roll ever. I mean, really sweet, nice guy. I didn't have any experience yeah. with Johnny. What? What was? Was he? Is he like Edgar? Was he a, a a dichotomy of Edgar? Was he? Well, I don't have the pleasure of knowing Edgar, so I can't. I can't say if oh, he's well, like him. I, I, mean, I, I knew them. I knew them both, and they were oh, very nice. similar. They were very similar. You know, but Johnny was it, Johnny didn't have that ninety-two. Johnny was a real sweetheart. He was always yeah. very kind to me, and uh, yeah. He was kind and to everybody. Just, yeah. just a sweet guy. I get to, I got to hang out with him a lot, and uh, and you know, it's just that's a those are priceless memories that I just can't believe I've had. You know, yeah. all, all those well, guys. He, and he appeared, you know, again as um, <clears throat> I would see him in interviews, and again, I didn't never had the the honor nor privilege to work with Johnny, but uh, he he seemed a little a little rougher around the edges than Edgar. I mean, Edgar could could be a Boy Scout. I'm honest to God. But uh, but I just wasn't sure about that. But I know the uh, the Winter family really really cool, really nice. People. Yeah, well, well, you know, Johnny was just getting better and better because he was coming out of the, you know, they they started to pull him off all the stuff that he was on medications yeah. and all that stuff, and he started to come back alive really, and uh, he really changed. I mean, from when he first started to come back out to when he really got healthier and everything. So it was a real surprise that he went down like that. Yeah, that was that was terrible, but. I have a funny it. Johnny Winter story for you. You want to hear please, a funny like? Please. Well, it's not. I don't know. It's just a funny. It's just a guitar thing. But I play a, a Fender amp called a Viber King, mm -hmm. and it's a really it's a custom shop amp. It's sixty watt hand hand wired. I mean, you can't get that thing up in volume, or it just blows the the room away, right? And I play it on around two. And uh, we were playing in uh, Annapolis, Maryland. I remember and something went wrong with Johnny's amp and I opened for him and uh, they came and they said, can we use your amp? I said, sure, sure, no problem. And the whole time that I was playing, people were like, like, you know, ears, yeah. and, you know, fingers in the ears. And I was trying to be very careful of that. And 
back then I wasn't playing with plexi in front of my amps and I do that right. now. So people don't really get hurt or whatever, but it was kind of a loud room. And uh, <laughs> Johnny, Johnny bring that amp out and he played, he played volume on 10 and treble on 10, everything else off. Wow. And he turned that amp on with a Gibson firebird. Oh my God. It was like the whole room. I even put napkins in my ears and it, <laughs> and it wasn't it, it wasn't even the guitar tone. It was the buzz that was coming out of yeah. the amp. It was like, that was just coming at you. But yeah, Johnny didn't care. You know, he, it was Johnny Winter. It's like, it was Johnny it's Winter. A, it's no, like, back, I remember back in the old days, he was using stacks of Marshalls like the old that Hendrix did and everybody. Yeah. Played yeah. through these stacks of Marshalls. They were so yeah. loud. Yeah. That they didn't have PAs either. And, for a drummer like myself, that's why I ordered big drums. I thought they'd be bigger, louder. Right. You know? And eventually I ended up getting a drum amp myself. I used a Shender, a Fender Showman. Really? With two bottoms. Hmm. With a little itty bitty Shure uh, mic. Uh, really? You and you yeah, plugged, you'd plug that mic into and that I plugged amp? all them, five mics, two bass drums, a snare, a couple <laughs> overheads. And then. When we played with Hendrix, Mitch Mitchell asked me wow. if he could use my drum amps. I said, sure. You know, nice. Because there were no no monitors, no ampl no no right. PAs. And you know, oh, had, nice. Hendrix had three stacks of Marshalls, and Noel Redding had three stacks of Marshalls. Tim Bogan had five dual showman bottoms. Wow. Uh, keyboard player had two two dual showman bottoms added. You know, he took the mic and mic the double Leslie's he had. The Leslie's have 300 watts. The yeah. Alcatraz player had like one big stack of Marshalls. <laughs> it was a drummer's nightmare. Yeah, you know? I, the sound man loved it. Yeah, yeah, everybody's deaf because of those days. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Including yeah. myself. Yeah, what? Including uh, myself. What? 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 <laughs> there it is. Yeah, there you got it. You got to be deaf in those theaters. Oh, come on. Where's the thrum, thrum? I know. I need, I need the ribby guy. <laughs> hey, uh... <laughs> I know you've got your experience, you know, we've, we've, at least us, uh, uh, in front of your playing, uh, you guys you know, we've learned about muscle shoals for the most part, uh, from Leonard Skinner. Um, and, but, uh, but you guys had the actual muscle shows experience. Can you walk us through a little bit about that whole dynamic down there? Well, it's a, uh, that's a cool place. I was, I've done a lot of records with Jim Gaines, who's like, Mm -hmm. He did all of Steve Miller. You know Jim yep. Gaines, Carmine? Yes, yes, I, I, do. Uh, I know the name. Yeah. I don't know him all, personally. He did all of Steve Legend. Miller, all of, all of Huey Lewis. He did Stevie Ray's in Step. I mean, one of the greatest guys ever to be in a studio with. And, and he lives down near Memphis now. He used to live in Memphis. <clears throat> and I called him. I said, I watched this documentary on Muscle Shoals. Have you ever seen that? The yes. Muscle Shoals on Netflix or whatever it is? Mm -hmm. And I said, why don't I go there and do a record? Because, like... Chicago's on my radar, by the way, because oh, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to do a, a record in every city. This is what I would like to do. Like every major city where there's, where there's music. That's what I want to do. Uh, but so I, I called Jim. I said, I, I want to go to Muscle Shoals and do a record. And Jim said, well, he said, they got a sound down there, Albert. <laughs> I said, what do you mean they got a sound? He's like, well, it's, it's not really your sound. It's kind of, they got their own sound. I said, well, <clears throat> doesn't matter. I still want to go. I want to go down there. Can you can you see what you can find out? So he ended up he ended up booking us in Fame Studios, which is like the most popular studio mm -hmm. down there. And literally, you you drive into Muscle Shoals, and on the sign as you drive in, home of Fame Studios on the town sign. You know, it's like the biggest thing that ever happened in Muscle yeah. Shoals was this studio. Sure. And uh, and I'd watched the documentary, but I didn't really know what was going on. And I remember being there, and of course every city has their player style. So Muscle Shoals has got more of a groove style and that, that soul style. And uh, it was a, every day they'd give two tours at, in fame studios. So they like, they're like 10 yeah. minutes people pay 10 bucks. Then they come in, they get yeah. to walk around the studio and see what, you know, who cut this and who cut that. Look at the pictures on the wall. And, you know, there's Hank Williams Jr. Pictures and there's, there's Whalen and there's Merle and there's like, Jerry Reed and there's people all over this thing that have recorded there, you know. And uh I was playing with a with with a keyboard player, his name was Clayton, and he was a second generation swamper. 
right? Like sure. Leonard Skinner, you know, Muscle Shoals has got the Swampers. Swampers. They know a song or two. That's in yep. Sweet Home Alabama. Yep. That's what he's talking about. <clears throat> and that was the band that was in the studio. So I was with Clayton. He was a second generation. And we were all set up. It was like the third day in. And most of the tours had been coming in. They're like two people, three people, five people, you know, just five, 10 minutes. They're in and out. You don't even have to get out of your, your, where your area is and everything. They just tell you, just sit tight. We'll only take a second. And it's part of booking there. And it's fine. Cause you get a, get a water break, get a coffee, whatever you're doing. And uh, so they, they come in with this one. Uh, is that noise on me? I'm sorry. What is, that? is that a dog? No, no, I'm hearing noise in the background, but it's not me. Nothing. No, I don't have any here. Uh, anyways. My, dog, my dog's inside. <laughs> so they, they come in with this tour, and Clayton was at the those little Wurlitzer piano, like a little small, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with those little, I'm sure yeah. you are, you know. And, and, the, and the tour guy says, and this is where Aretha, and this is the, this is the keyboard where Aretha cut Never Loved a Man. And it hit me. It was like, oh, my God. I'm in freaking royalty here. I'm in like, I'm in like, I'm in like a musical royalty studio. And it was just, from then on, it was like a whole different feel. It was like, this is so fun. This is so amazing. You know, so- and that's what people say that part of that, part of the vibe of a whole record, it's almost like another, the, the fact that you're there, it's like having another player. You know, it's that kind of a thing. So I'm it curious, is. What, what label is your new record coming out on? Well, it's on Ivy Music, which is which is my own label. So it's a oh. self-release on this one. However, uh, we've got probably the one of the greatest marketing teams working this record in the whole country from Los Angeles and Crocial Entertainment. And uh, it it is, things, things are happening that are so exciting to me, I can't even begin to tell you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, just talking to you guys is a big deal for me. So, uh, no, you know, it, this is all good stuff. You know, what would be a big deal for us, Albert, is if we could play just a little bit of 10. Would that be okay? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. Uh, let's uh, let it rip there, Ben. Yeah, Greg Morrow on drums, Michael Rojas on uh, keyboards, piano, and uh, Glenn, Glenn Worf on bass. And then uh, Rob McNelly is also on guitar, on the second guitar on that one. Yeah. And Rob's, Rob's uh, like he was with, I think he was lead guitar for so Bob Seger. Is that rhythm guitar he's on? Uh, yeah, he's kind of he's kind of behind me on the on the rhythm in there. Yeah. So when you're yeah. playing lead, he's playing the rhythm. Yeah, he's covering all bases. I mean, Rob is That's like, cool. nice. I mean, I've never even been around a guitarist that good. I like he's your so voice. Good. I like your voice, real uh, definitely you. blues. Thank you. Thank good you. voice. It's a it's an amazing voice. Like I said, it's 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 a yeah. whole package 
Um, he said, we'll talk about these coming to Chicago area on September 7th. We'll talk about that a little bit later in space. But you know what we like to do, guys? You know, this for me is too much of a boys club. I'm telling you right now. We have to bring to the microphone a young lady <laughs> that I'm very excited. Again, a big fan of this lady. Um, let's bring the great Dana Fuchs up uh, to the microphone. She, there she is. Oh, my goodness. That's not a hard thing to do. So, Dana, I'm just yeah. trying to get that. Um, well, thank you. Anyway, I'll take it any way I can get it. That was a great track, by the way. I was just. Dana, we met in Italy, correct? Yes, we did. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Where? 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 Wow. Where in Italy? Where I don't know we? what the name of that town was, but uh, <laughs> I remember having a. I remember having. I remember this town very specifically because that stage was so cool. It was like it was like all these ruins lit up, and then and then I had dinner with the mayor of that city that night with a translator. He and I shared a bottle of wow. wine, and I, neither one of us could talk. I couldn't talk Italian. He couldn't talk English. But we had a translator. <laughs> And we shared a, a bottle of wine and I hung out. I don't know where cool. you were, Dana, but what time I, I, was your dinner with the mayor? Because we oh. did the dinner with the mayor at like 1 a.m. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he was on his second bottle then. <laughs> Probably third. <laughs> oh, yeah, but he could handle it. I remember uh, playing that yeah, venue that was lit up rooms as well, somewhere in Italy. Yeah. Well, I I keep in mind, guys. Every no. ven every venue in Italy has light lit up ru ruins. Really? No, no, no. <laughs> I remember him telling me about that. The, like as you went to that city, it was like, like it was like five castle kingdoms in from the mm. ocean. I remember that or something like yeah. that, right, Dana? Yes. And I remember the I remember the mayor telling me that those castles would have different color smokes that they would let go up. So yeah. if the Vikings attack from the ocean. The first castle would put up a certain color smoke, and the other ones knew to bunker oh, in. Wow! And and that's how they communicated. Awesome. That's why the castles were so like almost visible, like they could just barely see each other. So it's like, wow, yeah. wow. that is like there's, really, there's a little really there's cool. a little Italian castle trivia. For I love you. the Italian castle trivia. You know, and it's so true that like anywhere you play in Italy, your backstage is always some excavated like man, yeah, you know, old castle. My, my my daughter's there right yeah. now. She's in. Uh, yeah. Rome, and she just went down to Naples, mm. and I told her, well, "This is where my family's from, from Naples area, you know." And uh, right. it, it's awesome. It's awesome. Actually, yeah, I'd like to, I ran really into a relative that had the last name. Our last name. Her name was Raffaella uh, Apice. You know, Apice. And she told some story about my grandfather ran away and went to America and never came back. But that was all BS. And my grandfather went to America with my grandmother, you know. So, so I don't know where she got a story from. Oh, yeah, there's know. a bunch of stories that they, they come yeah. with uh, with nothing more than a whole lot of just the clothes on their back and two suitcases full of stories. Yeah. I'm telling That's you. right. I'm telling That's you. a good one. Hey guys, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Welcome back to Hanging and Banging right here on Artist on Lockdown. Dana, so good to welcome you to our yeah, show. Um, honest it's to God, to be here. I can't wait. To, I've been talking to Paige all day to try to get you to one of my places here in Chicago uh, because yes. I not only am I a fan, but I hear you're six feet tall. So I'm really excited to meet you. And uh, for that reason, <laughs> oh, yay. That's a, oh, great. I love it. <laughs> I'm only 5'4", so I'm really excited. My to mom meet you. was 5'4", so I know exactly where you'll, you'll hit me. <laughs> I'm counting right, on so it. Dana, where are you? Where are you in the U.S.? I am in where Harlem, in New York City, at my oh, apartment. Nice. This is like my little studio room. And uh, cool. yeah, I've been we have, all, we have all a place in, in New York, too. I'm in Florida. Where in yeah. New York coming? Uh, Upper West. Okay. Yeah, Upper West, like Broadway and 70th around there. She's a Brooklyn girl. Nice. I mean, she's a Bronx uh, girl, I'm rather. From, Bronx uh, girl. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn. She's a Jersey girl. I'm a Jersey girl. My dad was from the Bronx, though. We're in Jersey. We're in Jersey. Jersey. Um, what I was exit? born in New Brunswick, but my parents lived in South Plainfield. What exit? <laughs> yeah, well, it's that. it's near Edison. <laughs> we used to have a place in Lakewood. Okay. Right. And, I uh, was two when we moved to Florida, so I don't remember much about it until I came back up at nineteen and lived in Fort Lee for a minute, uh, uh, make subway sandwiches. Fort Lee? Did you say Fort Lee? Fort Lee. 
Yeah, because my bass player from Vanilla Fudge lived in Fort Lee. Wow. Originally from Richfield, New Jersey. I know Richfield you know? too. Yeah. You know, I, I really want to touch on this, and, and I don't want to uh, belabor it because I know you get asked about this all the time, uh, Dana, but, you know, about the whole Janice thing, because it's it's incredible. It really, really is what you did with that role. With Thank that, you. With, I mean, really. And I understand, uh, by the way, you guys, I mean, if you don't, if you're the one or two people on the planet that don't know uh, that Dana um, – portrayed uh, uh, on, on, it was an off-Broadway presentation called Love Janice and mm -hmm. um, and just incredible and then the whole uh, across the universe thing I mean it's something I'd love to expand on because it's really a, a piece of art that you created I gotta say and Thank I don't you. even know I, I, I man I'm really gonna cross the line here probably I don't even know Janice was that good? Honest to God, I'm wow. not just saying it. No, but you know what? Because we know all about Janice. We know her raspiness. We know her soul. We know her passion. But um, I gotta say, for when I what I've seen, you you took it to a complete another level. You really, really did. Wow, that's quite a compliment. I have to say, doing that show just really changed everything for me because I just I, I just remember feeling more possessed on stage by the music than I had previously doing my own songs at the time I was trying to get a record deal we had just signed with a small label I was just starting to you know really play the blues clubs in New York when I got called in to do the Janice play and I'll tell you that show was the last bit of inhibition I had in me where I was like F it man I can't care about anything but the music it's not about how you look you know what I'm feeling like today it's just music has to take over and I brought that, you know, I, that was the most valuable thing I got because that's what she did. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess of all of us, I'm the only one that knew her. Wow. Okay. I could tell you a funny story. Uh, we played the Miami Pop Festival with Vanilla Fudge. Johnny Winnett was on it. Vanilla Fudge, Grand Funk Railroad opened up. Wow. Janis Chaplin. And at the end of the night, we had a blues jam. We played a 6-8 blues. Janice was singing. John was singing. When John took the soul, you know, Janice always had a bottle of something in her hand. Jack, I think it was Jack or vodka or something. And John was taking the soul, and she was walking around the stage with the bottle, taking a sip. And she came over to me, right? And I'm playing drums. And she said, hey, have a sip of this. <laughs> She stuck it in my face and tipped the bottle up, right? And I didn't know what it was. But when I swallowed it, I was oh. going to fall off that drum stool. It was so potent. And, you know, I was like, whoa. I'm trying to play. And I got such a buzz from that, just from that one gigantic hit. I said, how's that? I said, okay. <laughs> did you like it? Did you? How did you feel no, playing? I, I never, I never like played drunk or no. stoned, you know, by cho by choice. You know, I, I can't either. Like yeah. that, or you know, when we played the film, or somebody put acid in the punch, yeah, know, right. stuff like that. You know, you tell stories like that. I know, but, but never <laughs> did I, you know, of my own, go on stoned or drunk. But and you I say that, Carmine. You say that, but you guys, you know what I want to do? Because I'm, I'm a huge fan of Carmine's and I love the video from the fudge on the Ed Sullivan show. Now I want you guys, Dana, Albert, watch, we're going to we'll play about 20 seconds of this, but you Great. tell me if this guy was on anything when he was drumming. Bring it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, there it is. You tell me. <laughs> Look, Look at the quiet, animation. Nice, quiet, nice. Mind you, he's the drummer, of course.
making that face. I love it. Set me free. I told you, baby. Wow. <laughs> Come on, man! Look at that. Oh. That's what I'm talking about. You talk about passion. <laughs> Look at that. He looks like he's on. You gotta go to the end if you want to see some real crazy stuff. You go to the end of it. That's where the crazy Take stuff. Out. Take right us. around there. Yeah. That's the crazy stuff. It goes back to the intro, and then we all go nuts. <laughs> I like you leaning on the snare. I know, he's kind of oh, yeah. leaning on it. The symbol, I grab the symbol with the arm and cuts it off dead, you know? And I'm wearing the Italian t-shirt under my shirt, you see that? What's the hold, just so you can twirl it, you're holding that stick halfway? Yeah. Oh, yeah! Come on, look at these guys. This is nuts. Who does that today? I mean, that's awesome. a jam. That's what I was about right. to say. Like, right. you don't see jams like that. They just right. feel in your guts. Like yeah. back when yeah. bands actually. You know what's funny? I, I always tell right. this story. We went down the elevator, and there's a. They used to have not the automatic elevators. There was a black guy that ran the elevator. I was going down. I said, "Hey, man, how many people watch this show?" He goes, "Oh, about 50 million." And my stomach just went, whoa. Wow. Until I got on the drums and I started playing. That was the end of it. Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, let me, Dana, let me touch on before we run out of time already. Because <laughs> Thank uh, you for that, though. I, I needed yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. I, I wanted to make that happen because I, you, you got to feel the carmine-osity of it all. <laughs> well, it also reminds me why I love doing music, especially live yeah. performance. It's just, it's that. Yeah. So it's that. <laughs> it is that. that. You're right. So was there ever, I mean, obviously, Dana, you had to embody Janice. You had to research, obviously, to depths that nobody else has done. You had to really, really take over that character and that persona. Was there ever a moment that you have a special, I don't know, that you that you feel like you touched her, you connected with her, that you, there's something that, like, maybe there was a moment on stage, like, wait a second, you know, she's here, she's in here, or something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember it well because I was really always terrified in the first few months of the show of doing the song Summertime because her mm -hmm. vocabulary in that note-wise yeah. is just otherworldly. And there were notes that I was always aware of not hitting those first few shows. And that's when it, I was talking about earlier where it was like, it's not about that. It's not about that. And I remember just getting washed over in goosebumps, imagining her because I had to like, roll a joint, take a shot of whiskey, and then go out and do summertime. And she had just written this letter home in the show, at least. I don't know how it really synced up in real life, but she had just written this pretty gut-wrenching letter home, you know, spilling all of her emotion and feeling. She was such an intellectual. Mm -hmm. And I remember it just, I'm getting goosebumps now, just feeling like her humanness wash over me in that moment and being like, screw everything man it's it's about the music like i was saying earlier and i just felt like something her spirit something just went <laughs> and then i loved doing that song after that yeah. and you know she doesn't uh, one, really one get thing. the credit for the uh for, you you mentioned being an intellectual i mean i can't imagine i don't think i've ever seen an interview or anything with that word in the description of Jesus. she's brilliant she was brilliant yeah. she was such a thinker and a reader mm -hmm. You know, she never sang anything the same. No. You know, it was like that. Like that song we just played. If we played it again, it would be different. Yep. You know? Yeah. And she never sang anything the same, first of all. Number two, you're much better looking. Oh, thanks, Carmine. She, she, was, she was not really, uh, you know, a, a great looking woman. She almost looked like a guy, you know? And long hair and everything, but she was, you know, and she was always drunk or something. Yeah, that's the. But was she? She was sexy by the soul, right? I mean, by the soul, by her voice. 
soulfully but she, sexy. Like if she Absolutely. sang Summertime that night, the next night she'd sing it, it'd be totally different. Mm. Different notes and everything. So wherever you learn which part, which one to sing with the notes and everything, did you have to sing it the same every night? No, in fact, that's what I finally got hip to, Carmine. That's such a great point where it was like, as long as I'm in the song and on key, improvise, mm -hmm. right? So if, you, if you had a voice that sounded like a voice, you know, you can improvise with it. Exactly. Because that's what she did every night, all the night, all the that time. Was another... we, played, we played with her a bunch of times when she was in Big Brother, you know, when she was by herself. And, and she was just amazing character, charisma. What did you, you like know? better? There was always this debate. I remember doing the research and then talking to the musicians in the, you know, in the show, you know, when, when the show had to arc from Big Brother and she got into the cosmic blue. What what band did you I, like? I like I liked I liked when she was solo. You like that solo? Song, that. Try, that song Try. Yeah, Try was one of my favorite ones. I love that song. Try. Have you ever hooked up? Uh, that was awesome. Man. Dave, have you ever hooked up? I know the holding company is out. A couple guys, the original guys that uh, are out there. Have you ever hooked up with any of those guys? Uh, on the road? For a while, Sam, Andrew, and I were writing back and forth. Um, but he, at the time, because the first Janice before me was uh, Kathy Richardson. Or yes. Catherine Richards, because there's a Kathy Richardson Kathy actor. Richardson, yes. And then, the, yeah, yeah. So she started touring with him and they put a thing together for a while. We always talked about doing something, but it never came to fruition. Mm. Would you is Would he, you do is it? Is he still alive? Of course. Now? I think Sam passed away, didn't he? <clears throat> yeah. yeah, there's only a couple of guys left, but they're but they're out there. You know, um, Albert, I want to throw it to you for a second because I, I don't want to leave without, the, I'm a personal fan of, of Meet the Man. I just think that is a freaking deep song. You've actually heard it? I have heard it. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Ron I don't think, think anybody heard it yet. Wow. Well, that's cool. So, but Ben has it now. I sent the whole album to him. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me, tell us about Meet the Man. I think it's freaking deep. And I think it's something because I had a very, you know, I lost my dad and had a very special relationship. <laughs> and uh, uh, tell us about Meet the Man. So, Meet the Man is, a, is re really based on my father's beliefs about death. Mm. And, uh, uh, he passed away in 2010 and I literally kissed him on the forehead and left him. Uh, and I went home and wrote that song and that's, that's how that song came along. And I've been saving that song to record it in the right spot. And, uh, yeah, it's a pretty deep song. It's, it's, a, it's like one of those gospel numbers, man. It's like, a that's, you know, it's a whole different side of me. People have never seen, but I love that song because of what it means to me. So, and well, I, and I think, you. It was his views. You know, he always said, oh, you know, someday I'm going to have to meet the man. You know what I mean? And yeah. we're going to die. We're all going to die someday. And that was his that was his term on it. So it's a it's a morbid kind of a theme about yeah. death and everything. But it's a, it's about going to a good place. So it's like it's a good song. You know what I mean? It's not a I don't, mm -hmm. I don't like any negativity in my songs. Um, so it's a, it's a hopefully a inspirationally good song. Well, that's how I took it. I mean, I, it's, you know, I, I don't even see, frankly, I really don't even see the morbidity in it at all. I mean, I do see the, especially in light of what's going on. I know Dana, you've had, oh my gosh. I mean, I don't want to touch too much on this, but the, the personal challenges you faced in your, in your life, you know, personally and the loss uh, in your family and oh my goodness, the stuff that you've dealt and you still have a smile on your face, God bless you hmm. for what you've been through. I mean, really, if you guys really, you know, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it, but uh, but it's amazing. And, you know, this this is something, you know, what what Meet the Man is all about is something we all go through. And I think that song can help people. I think it's something to help you to come to terms with it. You know, they said, I, they said I could give you a sneak preview on anything if you want to hear it. So you can. Let's you let's can, do a little. Yes, talk. please. You can you can try. It, it gets it builds as it goes. Like, Dana, you know, you build a song, right? Of it's course. Like you, build a, you build a solo. So it. It, it builds. You're not gonna get. You're not gonna get to the build probably, but uh, you're welcome to take a little preview on it if you want. Love and, to hear uh, it. It's up to you guys.
darkness it has fallen it has reached the end of the day I guess it's time for me to believe in I guess it's time to be on my way I'm going home Way I know it's got chills. Cool, man. chills. It's kind of a darker approach, but you know, for ben, me, send me that. Ben, like, send me that song. That yeah, voice. It's like, yeah, voice. It's, it's like you can you can hear him like walking. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that tempo, yeah. that thing. I just love it. It's like dead What's, man walking uh, or something. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean, there's there's nothing in there that my my father didn't really say either. It was an that easy is, song for me to write. You know. That's, that's, that's awesome. so haunting. The production is so great too. The yeah, open yeah. is just like wow. Yeah. Let's hear some. I want to talk uh, about borrowed time for a second here. Well, oh my I god. Got Albert, I'm, said, oh, I asked god, Ben to maybe. send me it. I already got it. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> hey, now, let's talk about your project because that too, man. Um, I, I, I want to play something from that if that'd be okay with you. But tell me a little sure. bit about your project. After that, okay, so. I'm a little shy. But <laughs> no, 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 man. Wait till you listen to this stuff. Well, like Albert, yeah. and as you know, I had a lot of family loss. And I feel like I put a yep. lot of that behind me on the last album. Um, and mm -hmm. I also wrote a song from my the experience of kissing my dad on the forehead and you know losing him a day and a half later. But Okay, now stop there, both of you. I kissed my mom as well. But it was really weird for me because the body is ice cold. Uh, right? Did you find that weird? My dad was still warm because he was alive. My mom, I was actually, she was in my arms in her final yeah. moments. I was just laying about, next to about, her, holding her. What about you, Albert? No, my, my father had just passed away like that oh, minute. Okay. So, but That's but uh, I know what you mean because I've done that, you know, on other yeah, family very, members very and, strange and friends feeling. and things like it's that. So I, I've I've had a lot of death in my family as well, and yeah. and uh, it's it's all part of life, I guess. And Albert, do you feel like we're so lucky that we have this vehicle of you know to just put it into this catharsis and get it out there, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, song, I agree um, with that. I agree with that, Dana, and and I and I hope. Like when you were talking about like when what Janice did to you, I mean, I carry all my idols with me when I walk on that stage. They're all with me. I might be psychotic to say that. No, no. All with me. And when I stand, when I go on that stage, I literally become a different person in my mind. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I don't even think about it. I just go and become something else. And <clears throat> whatever you felt for that power for Janice, when you felt that come into you, that's what you want every time you stand in front of that microphone. I mean, you should see that mic as yeah. that vehicle that brings you to that place and just go and let it all, let it just, nothing else matters at that point. Yeah. Anybody who's ever seen Albert Cummings, it is like you close your eyes, it's like Stevie Ray Vaughan jamming with the freaking Jimi Hendrix because it's, uh, it's an incredible experience. And you talk about, you know, exactly what you're saying, Dana, about the vehicle. Um, this song, Hard Road, uh, again, love the song, love the message. And how much of, of what was inside of you, truly, uh, that you get? Because I believe Hard Road is going to be the single. Yes. I, you know, and I wasn't sure about that. We, you know, in the demos, I kind of was leaning toward borrowed time. But then when we got in and recorded everything with the full band, Hard Road just seemed to speak to everybody is the one that jumped out the most. And I felt like, 
you know, we could have almost named the album that because it is a hard road. It's a hard road, like Albert just said, for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. So why the F can't we just all get along? I mean, we're all fighting the same battle. We all want to be happy. We all don't want to suffer. We don't want people we love to suffer. And we all lose people we love, you know? It always confounds me that, like, if, you know, I know it sounds so cliche and utopian. I, I heard this Buddhist monk speak once, and he just said, imagine, close your eyes. Just imagine everybody cared about everybody else for five minutes everything mm-hmm. would cease all hatred would cease all war you know so that's, that's hard what they notice. say in the bible that's what yeah. they say look you know what if you don't mind uh miss fuchs may we play a little bit of heart yeah sure all right then let's hear it <laughs> songs your voice is a little bit i don't know deeper gravelier is is this is this a is this an approach you did intentionally like i want to do something a little bit brighter let's sounds see. like janice wow your um, voice has got that janice timber to it you know i did notice like over the years i would start to sing a song live after recording it when you're recording and you're in a studio and everything's really you know, you can dial in whatever you want on your voice. You can project over the band very easily. And then I'd get live and I'd be like, oh God, this is on my low break and I sound like this. And I would see videos back live. And and then I started realizing, man, I could probably start up and the key to some of these. And then, you know, you fight with the guitar players who are like, no, E or A. (laughs) And you know, like, no, B. (laughs) I I find that different, uh, that song, because you went from a verse right to a chorus. Usually everyone has a pre-chorus, right? Yeah, we and, usually do and have and a lot of good. Pre-chorus. And then it's middle eight, it's like an old rock song, you know? That was pretty cool. That's a great song, great a great album. Yeah. Uh, that was a Hard Road. Sounds you great, know, I, I heard a, awesome. um, another, I, like uh, I know like all of us are to varying degrees, Beatles fans, and uh, your version of Helter Skelter was freaking kick-ass. Really, I mean, really. I what made you go down that road? Well, you know, I had to do it in the movie. So across yeah. the universe, that was like one across of the signature universe. songs for my character. So, you know, after the movie came out, I started covering a few no, what, of the What movie? Tunes. What movie? Tell across the universe. It's a film across the universe, but done by Julie Taymor. She's like a well-known theater director. Um, she did like Lion King and nice. she, she's done great films. She did Frida, about Frida Kahlo. She always takes historic a big moment in history, historical moments, and then flips them on their heads. So she took, you know, the 1960s with the sexual revolution, the music revolution, Vietnam, Detroit riots, race riots, 
and she just culminated it all in one psychedelic trip using the story of the Beatles. She got the rights oh. and um, wrote this film. So I played one of the, there were five main characters and my character Sadie was sort of a loosely Janis joplin -y. Let's call it uh, Sexy Sadie, please. Sexy Sadie. I played yep. Sexy Sadie. Yeah, right. Okay. I was kind of the den mother of these little lost pups. And I was the, you know, New York chick singer, uh, you know, on the scene in the 60s at the time at Cafe Is Wild. it on Netflix? Is that on Netflix? Yeah, it's a really fun movie, I got, actually. I got to look at it. I got to Great movie. Well, how much of it going into, was it the, um, the off-Broadway off presentation? that really put you into acting because you did, you did a major, you know, you went a major jump there by going from music to acting. Is it what, what did it for you? You know, it just funny enough through music acting came to me. I, you know, I would not call myself a great actor. You know, I love Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett. I'm, you know, I have not studied like they have. So, you know, the, the two major roles I've done have been, not that far from me. So, you know, rock and roll singer um, or Janis Joplin, you know, I had to learn a lot about Janis, but I was still a live singer who was performing in blues clubs every night. So it wasn't a huge stretch acting wise, uh, more of a stretch vocally for Janis. Mm, right. yeah. uh, and Across the Universe came to me because Julie Taymor, the director had asked the people of Love Janis, like you have somebody who can do this voice she was looking for the goddess's death and destruction. Like it wasn't even for across the universe. So I came in and I had to do all this weird chanting as Ma Kali, the goddess of death and destruction. And so apparently across the universe was already in the works and they didn't have the character named Sadie. And after that, she, I found out later after auditioning and going through the whole audition process that she'd actually written the part for me after that day of me recording as the, Oh, cool. Death goddess. So it was really fun. Albert, was, when you, someone, one of our, our the guests, and it might have been Bonamassa, I'm not sure, but you know, one of the points that they said was uh, as far as their style of, of playing um, when they're on stage versus like rock, they're out there, they're just, they're just letting it all hang out. They're jamming, they're doing it. When you're blues rock, when your roots rock, when you're that soulful stuff, does, does, does it like, is it like an out-of-body experience for you? Is it something like it just takes over your body and whatever happens, happens kind of a thing? It is for me. It, it, I've, I've woke up on stage many times when I don't, and I don't know where I am. Right. <laughs> yeah. Come out of, come um, out of a play, come out of playing something and, and literally have to take a breath and like look around and be like, where am I? Like, I just woke up out of a dream that, and I, and I go to that spot and I don't have any control over that. It just happens to me. I just, it just goes. So I, I don't, I, I literally become a member of the audience when I, when I play and I just listen to what I'm doing because I, yeah. I play 99% of what I don't know when I play. Hmm. Interesting. You know, it just, wait, it wait, just comes. We build on that. Build on that. Well, it's improvising. It's called improvising. Yeah, right? it's improvising, but it's, le yeah. it's letting. You never play it's, the same you know, thing twice. Surrender. Yeah, I, I can't play. I can't play it the same way twice. And yeah. it's like, so I, I do just... you have a problem when you have to do a video? <laughs> I, mean, I, I have problems. Yeah. Because I play whatever I'm going you know, to play on a song. And then when it comes time to do the video, I try and learn what I played. But, you know, it, it's difficult. You know, it's like a certain place. Like a month ago, whatever. To do that. We just did we did some videos and we had to we had to like you said Carmine had to had to like go with what was there, so it was like you know it, yeah. really just playing along with it, but like, still turn, it's like you're playing turn your back you're playing so you can't it, see you want to play something you know, else. Yeah, you know the famous one for me is and uh, yeah, I play with Rod Stewart. I co-wrote "Do You Think I'm Sexy," and I'm on the video, and you could see at the end of the thing there's a drum fill where it, it comes down dynamic and then there's a drum fill now i know it because i've heard it so many times but when we <laughs> did it i didn't have a clue what it was so right. you, you see the drum fill go by and you see me try and mine through it, it had nothing to do with the video i, I played yeah, 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 yeah. it looks silly now yeah. but, i mean but it that, gives that's people a, something to complain about you don't that's hit it an right. example you know whatever yeah yeah well i know dana you've got uh, you've got a bunch of shows coming out uh, overseas um, hopefully it happens with the, God bless you with all that. I think Norway, you got some things happening? Norway and Denmark. In fact, sadly, Germany was just canceled. I guess they reached this record. We were supposed to leave for Germany in 
three weeks. Um, and they reached this record high 300,000 cases in a day just a few days ago. So our agent and our label, Roof, it's just funny with guys. all that war stuff that everybody forgot about COVID. Yeah, and then you know, ground war happening. I, you know, yeah. so people. I mean, it's crazy line. because that's got to kill you. Because I know, I think you have about eight or nine albums, and four of those albums recorded in Germany. So Germany is such a big market for you. Released in Germany, most released of them. In, I'm sorry, yeah. released. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, Germany is a huge market for us, and it was. Are you on a German label? Yeah, Roof Records is based in U.S. Uh, and Germany. I know them. And uh, Albert, I know you're on the road. You're coming to Chicago September 7th uh, at Space right. at Evanston. And um, and you got a bunch of other things going on too as well, right? Yeah, yeah, it's really starting to go absolutely nuts. I mean, I think that schedule only shows a few months out there, but we're going to Norway in October, Dan. I don't know when you're going, but. Woo, we're going to um, be there at the very beginning of October. The first, like, I think week we go half. there on the. Okay, I think we're getting there when you're leaving. So I guess oh, we're, we're, we're picking up where you're leaving off. Damn. So. You guys are crazy. Like, you know, you see, in America, you don't see each other, but you see each other in Italy, in Norway. <laughs> I mean, I've only seen you abroad, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You guys, I can't thank you enough. We can't thank you enough, Dana and Albert, for being with fun. us tonight. Uh, a lot of fun. And you guys are just incredibly great people, aside from, of course, legendary performers. So thank you very much. And we're wishing you thank all you the best. Guys. Safety and, and health. You know, they, these you two started a new thing on our show. We never really played tracks before. Yeah, no, I love this. Oh, really? stuff. I, I, well, oh, I was listening great. to this. I was listening to this stuff. I'm like, come on, this is just too yeah, good. Great. Yeah, and I want to hear stuff. some more stuff. Can't you extend yeah. this a little bit? I know. Hear some more <laughs> yeah, we stuff. Play another hour of just a music, like DJ style. <laughs> I want to hear the rest of it. Uh, I got nothing song. to do. I got nothing. I'm ready. Well, I can, well, I, Albert, I can guarantee you, I'm getting your album. I mean, that I song floored me. Uh, yeah, it's a <laughs> great one. Stuff. Uh, best to Aiden. Hope everything's good over there. And uh, just again, keep safe, keep healthy, and everybody. Nice to meet there. you guys. Yes, nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you, see you guys Thank again. You. Yes, we'll do it again. <laughs> yes, and we'll see all of you as we do every Thursday night right here, hanging and banging with my big brother Carmine Apice and Vinny Apice when he's not on the road. Uh, please check us out on uh, our iHeartRadio, on our, our podcast, on Spotify, and on our YouTube channel. Like us. Tell everybody about this because people are really loving it. So make sure you subscribe because we want to keep going. So subscribe to our YouTube channel. And, uh, and please stay safe, stay warm, and stay healthy out there. Keep on rocking. We'll see you as we do every Thursday night, 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern, and 4 p.m. on the West Coast. So until next week, we'll see you hanging and banging. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Points.